Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. I said I'd get to my concerns about the Los Angeles Clippers living up to their newfound popularity as a favorite to win this year's championship unless something came up. Well, something came up. Clay Thompson's ire. In a showdown of Western Conference title contenders, Golden State Warriors versus the Phoenix Suns, Clay was ejected for the first time in his 796 game career. And let me say right here, right now, it was well deserved. Now, all this came after I had listened a couple days earlier at the Chase Center to Clay doing a voiceover for one of the countless dramatic in-house promotional videos the Warriors play during games at home. And I don't say this with any malice or resentment, even if it may sound like it. No one has done a better job of monetizing everything about their team than the Warriors owners Joe Lacob and Peter Goober. But for someone who's been around the game as long as I have and thinks there is merit in not squeezing every buck out of every potential opportunity, I leaned over and said to one of my media colleagues, I liked Quiet Clay better. Now, when it comes to Clay Thompson versus Devin Booker, count me as Team Clay all day, every day. At least as of right now. Booker seems to fancy himself for quite some time now as a much better player than his actual accomplishments would justify. I'm all for guys playing with a chip on their shoulder, but that's not what I get from Devin. I get arrogance. Like, how dare you think you can compete with me? Which, in itself, is fine. Michael Jordan had that. But then Jordan came at your neck. He wasn't just going to have that attitude. He was going to prove why he had that attitude. At both ends of the court. On every possession. He complained about calls. 
But he didn't whine. He didn't give you that squinched, I'm not being treated fairly face. You know the one I'm talking about. Devin Booker has that face now and then. LeBron James has that face now and then. Kobe Bryant never had that face. Michael Jordan never had that face. I could go I could down the list. There's a number of guys. Never had it. Jordan would be indignant. And then he'd answer with fury. I'm also still waiting for someone to dig into how Booker feels about the revelations concerning Suns owner Robert Sarver. Considering Devin spent a lot of time with him and considered him a friend. Beyond his one comment that that's not the Robert Sarver I know. Now, I get that that's possible. I've experienced it myself as far as knowing someone and having a completely different impression of them than the public has. But this wasn't the public that had issues with Sarver. This wasn't just the man on the street and their impression. This was employees of the Suns and the way they were treated. Employees essentially just like Booker. And I saw enough questionable behavior by Sarver on my occasional trips to Phoenix or events where I caught a glimpse of him from across the room or the arena that I have a hard time believing Sarver's treatment of other people was a complete mystery to Devin. All that said, I'm not Team Clay quite the way I once was. I admire the hell out of the fact that he made it all the way back to playing and being part of a championship team after suffering not one, but two devastating injuries. A torn ACL in the 2019 Finals and then a torn Achilles right before the start of the 2020-21 season. I'm good with him talking smack to everyone that doubted the Warriors could get back to their championship ways, even though I was one of them. I kept my expectations low for him and the Warriors, not so much out of doubt, but more out of belief. I hoped he could find his way back to playing again. I just didn't want to set the bar too high because no one has ever even tried to come back from two injuries such as Clay's and two years off. And I was hearing talk from too many Warriors fans that sounded as if they expected Clay to come back and be the same old Clay. I guarantee you there are some that if you ask them right now, they'd say, oh yeah, Clay's close. Clay's, Clay's almost what he was. Just, you know, he needs to make a few more shots. I considered that unfair to him and completely inaccurate now. And same goes with the Warriors. I didn't doubt the Warriors collectively as much as I believed in history. No team had ever been a champion fallen as far as the Warriors did for two years, and then returned to win another championship with essentially the same core. That hasn't happened once in the history of the league, as far as I know. The Bulls had a two-year dip when Jordan retired, but they didn't fall as far as the Warriors did. The Warriors defied history. Eh, they got a little bit of help. If you talk to people in the league, they'll tell you the Warriors weren't the best team last season, top to bottom, which is what they were the last time they were winning championships. They weren't that good. They were just better than everybody else. They were, as people in the league will tell you, they were just healthier than everybody else at the right time, which allowed them to be better. And I don't say that to discount what they did at all. 
it actually it under uh, underlines just how amazing it is that they found a way to bring it to bring it together and win a championship in spite of not being the most talented team in the eyes of many. So if you want to be mad at me for not thinking that they would get all the way back, if you want to suggest I don't know basketball or I'm a hater for that, well, okay. Good for the Warriors, good for you. I'm not going to take you or that criticism very seriously. If I doubted anyone, it was Andrew Wiggins. I didn't believe he would buy into the level that he has. He's the guy I didn't see coming. The man has had a complete transformation. Had it last year and continues to have one. He is about all the right things now. Letting the game come to him, defending at a high level, being decisive. All the things that he was not while he was in Minnesota and took him a year or two with the Golden State Warriors in order to grasp that. Really grasped it last year. But he certainly wasn't any of those things in Minnesota. If there's anyone that I owe an apology to, it's him. And I actually plan on going up to him in the locker room and saying, hey, I had you wrong. And you may not care, but for my sake, I need to acknowledge you're better than I thought you were. You've transformed yourself, and I didn't think you could. Good on you. Now, where Clay is losing me is that the ratios have shifted. His talk and bravado, which always snuck up on you because he was so quiet for someone who performed the way he did, is now louder than his actual game. And it used to be the exact reverse. Clay defended his ass off and was content to be a floor spacer unless you needed a big game from him. And then he would step up, go ballistic, but the very next game, go back to silent Clay until the Warriors needed super Clay again. Now, the taking to task anyone who doesn't believe in him or the Warriors is just getting a little old, especially since he's not the same Clay. His defense has fallen off significantly. And that's not a surprise because he can't move the same since the injuries. No one could. His shot selection has become very suspect. He wants so badly to prove that he's made it all the way back from his injuries, something that is totally unrealistic. Or maybe he simply just wants to have the same impact that he had prior to the injuries. That he's hijacking the Warriors' offense. Something I'd never seen him do prior to last season. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And this comes at a time when the Warriors' margin for error is much less than it was two years ago. They can't afford for Clay 
to be inefficient, which is why they're currently two and two after getting dog walked by the Suns and have given up a franchise record 70 points in the first half of three out of their first four games. Now, the old Clay would have muttered at Devin under his breath and then proceeded to lock him up and hit a few killer threes in his eye. That would have been the response we all saw and heard. Instead, in this game, he and Devin started exchanging unpleasantries. Well, I don't know exactly when the chirping began, but it was already in the first quarter when Devin attempting a shot inadvertently bumped into Clay and appeared to injure the knee that was already that he already had a, a sleeve on. In any case, it reached a crescendo in the third quarter. And by this time, Clay was having an awful game and Devin Booker was lighting it up. Now, I didn't keep track of how many times they went up and down the court in the third quarter jawing at each other, but I'm going to say it was at least a half a dozen. I did go back and make note of the time. There were eight and a half minutes left when Clay, guarding Booker, pushed him down from behind for a foul. And he was thrown out of the game by referee Ed Malloy at the six and a half minute mark. That's two solid minutes of jawing with Booker, which it was. They were talking the whole time, nonstop, or at least Clay was. That's a long time in a game. It got to the point where Clay wasn't focused on anything else. Right before the timeout and him getting ejected, Mikel Bridges stole a pass, not by Clay, I think it was by Steph and took off on a fast break, and Clay didn't even notice until Bridges was halfway down the court because he was so busy yapping at Booker. Now, I'm all for competitive fire and rivalries and personal grudges, but championship teams and players don't let any of that get in the way of doing their job. For all of Draymond Green's barking, he rarely, I mean rarely, Let's it distract him from the job at hand. He allows it to fuel him. And I don't think it's any accident that Booker went for 34 in the game and Clay finished with two points on one of eight shooting. The old Clay would have been running all over the court, running Booker ragged off of screens, trying to stay with him, cutting and popping out for catch and shoot buckets. This Clay couldn't. Or at least didn't. And I'm sure Booker was making him well aware of that fact, which is what pushed him over the edge. TNT didn't do a very good job of capturing what was going on. That's why I felt compelled to do this podcast. Sure, they talked about the jawing back and forth, but they didn't get into why. Reggie Miller acted as if He needed to let the viewers in on the fact that they were going back and forth as if they couldn't see it for themselves, calling it, hey, you may not see this, but this is the game within the game. Except this wasn't psychological warfare. This wasn't two guys trying to get the better of each other. At least not on Clay's part. This was pure frustration. 
It was not a fair fight. And Clay's not used to that. And he didn't know how to react. It was also a departure from what the Warriors have always been. Now, Reggie Miller never won a championship. Went to the finals once. I don't fault him for not recognizing that this kind of behavior doesn't fit with being a champion. Candace Parker, who is apparently now part of the broadcast team with Reggie and Harlan, uh, Kevin Harlan, she is a champion several times over. And I respect Candace. She's smart. She's well-spoken. But in this role, she defers to Reggie. And it's not a good fit. Because when it comes to winning basketball, I dare say Candace knows a little bit more about it, at least at the championship level. But she's not showing it, or at least she didn't in this game. Her, uh, his view of the game, Reggie's, feels as if it hasn't evolved since his playing days. I'm, I'm really, I'm mystified. I, I get it. Great personality. He feels like a for, a, for a great player, he feels like the guy sitting on the couch next to him when... When the, when the fight broke or the dispute broke out and they were hurting Clay Thompson to back to the bench and he was getting kicked out by Ed Malloy, Reggie gave you one of those, that's what your buddy does on the, on the couch next to you, right? When something breaks out. <laughs> I would expect a little bit more from somebody who's actually broadcasting the game. Give us some insight. But hey, whatever sells. In any case, uh, look, Candace. I hope she steps up. I hope they give her the free reign to step up because she doesn't have the experience covering the NBA to not utilize what she knows about being a champion. And none of that is her fault. I mean, she's brand new to this. Reggie and Kevin have been established. She's been busy killing it in the WNBA. But they really need to... Let her know, hey, you need to come correct with uh, Reggie. He ain't right about everything. In fact, it might be the opposite. You can go ahead and challenge him. In any case, this might be the most fascinating aspect of this NBA season. There isn't a contending team I can't point to that doesn't have a significant flaw that could take it under. The Celtics don't have enough size without Robert Williams. That's becoming clear. And we still need to see how Joe Missoula operates in the fire. Doing extremely well now, as I might have indicated, someone who knows him well suggested he would, that he would pick up, that they wouldn't miss Ime Odoka, at least not right now. We'll see what happens in the postseason or in the long haul. The Bucks are not particularly athletic beyond Giannis, particularly on the wings, and I have my doubts about Mike Budenholzer's ability to make adjustments. They had Wes Matthews guarding Kevin Durant most of the night in their Nets game, their Nets win, because Coach Mike Budenholzer appears reluctant to use Giannis in that role, and that's a serious drop-off. The Nets... They just don't seem to be able to sustain their focus, particularly defending the three, which can be just a killer. The Warriors need one of their young guys, 
James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, or Moses Moody to become a primetime player on the level Jordan Poole did last year. And I'm not really in love with Jordan Poole as a starter over Clay, which he's had to play more and more minutes because Clay isn't, isn't Clay. The Clippers lapse into ISO ball far too often and easily. The Suns are still heavily dependent on Chris Paul, and he looks old, really old. He can't get to his spots, even the way he could last year. And it also feels like there's still a disconnect between DeAndre Ayton and the rest of the team. At least a handful of times every game, I sense him making an F.U. Monty, that's Monty Williams, the head coach, decision or play. Launching a three, griping about net getting a call and not getting back on D. Not the things that you want to see from a young player. He doesn't look at all enthused about being back in a Phoenix Suns uniform. Those not aware, the Indiana Pacers made him an offer sheet and the Suns unexpectedly matched it. I will not be surprised if the Suns move him as soon as the CBA allows them. Allows them. It's It won't be this year, but I just don't see that as a long-term marriage. I sense a similar disconnect in Philadelphia and in Denver. James Harden and Joel Embiid haven't figured out how to meld their respective talents or incorporate everybody else. Something seems to be missing between Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, they beat the Lakers and the Warriors. Winning, especially in the regular season, is not an indicator that a team has the bond and temperament to withstand the pressure of the playoffs. You can win on talent during the regular season. Playoffs takes a little bit more. Now, someone is going to come out on top. Someone is going to come together. Someone is going to figure it out. But a week into the season, we're a long way from knowing who that will be, which is what promises to make this season so interesting. And that's what I look forward to doing with all of you right here. Tracking those developments, watching which teams find answers, and which ones don't. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to one of my Twitter followers, JD1973, apparently a Memphis Grizzlies fan who lives in the Bay Area. He alerted me to an error in my last podcast. I noted that when John Morant okey-doked Ben Simmons in the Grizzlies win Monday night over the Nets, that he later said he took his cue from doing the same thing to Simmons as a rookie. Now, I got that from a post-game report that I read online, and it turns out the report was incorrect, and Ja on Twitter clarified what happened as a rookie. Simmons, in that game, in the first game, actually stole the ball from him near midcourt and then raced off for an uncontested dunk, all this when Ja was a rookie. And it didn't happen at the end of the game, but near the end of the second quarter, but Ja remembered it and suspected that Ben might try the same trick, which he did. And Ja was ready for it this time. In any case, I appreciate the heads up from JD. 
Uh, it's one reason why I'm convinced I have the smartest, most thoughtful followers in the podcast universe. And yes, I appreciate all of you for keeping me correct. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. In the next episode, who knows? Those Clipper questions could arise, especially after their loss to the Thunder. may have to answer, too, why the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder and San Antonio Spurs, three teams that are, as one scout said to me the other day, we're not the league of the haves and the have-nots anymore. We're the league of the haves and the Victor Wimbanyanas. However, those teams that are supposed to be losing are all winning. Might have to get into exactly why that is and why I would not expect that to continue much longer. But we'll see what is available, what needs to be addressed before the next podcast, or in the next podcast, rather. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.